Man, I'm excited. Fernando Tatis Jr. is back. Padres signed a Cy Young winner. Jay, <laughs> this is great. The season is saved, Kevin. Is that what you're saying? All, all they needed was Tatis to come back. Although, I mean, let's not let's not make too little of what it's like to have the National League's oh. best player back in your lineup. Or I don't know if he's baseball's best player, but he's right up there. Not a whole lot of guys you'd rather have on your team than Fernando Tatis Jr. He showed again yesterday how important he is to this club. And playing right field, if I remember right, he had three routine fly balls. And I don't think he fielded anything else. There was, wasn't he a single out He chased down a triple in the corner. Chased, that was oh, it. into the corner, right, which was going to be a triple no matter who was playing right field. So, yep. uh, yeah, I, I he, for one game anyway. He was fine. It kept him from diving. Although it's funny, I don't think there were a lot of balls at shortstop yesterday, except for the one incredible play that Jay Cronenworth made on the ball that Reese Kinnear, I guess, out of just reaction, threw up his pitching hand, which is probably not in the pitching 101 handbook. But it did turn into a big out at the time and saved them a run, and, and Kinnear was able to continue pitching. So as long as he's okay, then it worked out. But what, man, what a play by Cronenworth to sort of change direction there it was almost not, and I'm not comparing it at all to this Ozzie Smith, Jeff Burroughs play, but it reminded me just a little bit of that where the guy had to change direction and was still able to, to make, you know, to make a play there. So I that was the good, that was all the good news. I disagreed with Jay Stingler's use of words, um, as I know you would. He talked about it being a momentum changer. What that. he meant was how big the play was. It was one-to-one. There's a runner on third. They had a possibility of going down again to the Diamondbacks. Right. And you just – it's not momentum, but you don't know what happens as situations change in a game. Um, he saved a run. That's I mean, it was a run-saving run. play. That's, right. that's what it was. So – as, as far as what anything. Tatis did, look, there are a lot of great players. Well, not a lot. There are a number of great players in Major League Baseball. Correct. Special is the level above great, especially the word that we use too much is just great all right. the time. Special is above that. And special is what special does. And what Tatis does is special things. When you come off the IL, your team's in a four-game losing streak, you give them their first lead, their second lead, you give them their big cushion in the eighth inning, you go four for five, you hit two home runs. That's special. And as far as how the day went yesterday, the Padres will take that every day. They'll look like geniuses if he gets three opportunities. It's boring as heck. He's out there dancing, looking around in right field. Exactly what they wanted to happen yesterday. So this will be a different deal. I don't think that right field here in Denver is really that hard. It is a much bigger outfield. It's going to be very interesting to see how this, this goes. Well, it's, yeah, I mean, it's just a lot of space. And I and I think, you know, early in games, you get this, you know, there, it's a bit of a sun field out there. I know first base is really bad late in, uh, around sunset there, just as before the sun goes down. And But in right, so I'm assuming in right field, it's a little bit like that as well. But you're right. I mean, they, they will take, they will take yesterday, any day. It was a bullpen day that worked out, that worked out very well. Uh, Craig Stammen bounced back from a couple of, of shaky outings and looked more like the Craig Stammen that we've seen most of this year, which has pretty much been Stammen's MO. I mean, he, he has a couple bad outings, but he, he finds himself and then he rattles off, um, you know, he rattles off good outings in a row. So we'll see if that's the case uh, tonight. We might as well stay with pitching as long as we're on the subject. Ryan Weathers 
has not been good for three straight starts. Now he's in a difficult environment facing a, you know, a decent team, a team that's obviously better at, at home. And the Padres have talked about he needs to perform better. And I guess all we can do is tune in at 540 Pacific time and see if Ryan Weathers pitches like he has the last three games or like he did, you know, most of the time before that. 20 runs in three games, 11 and two thirds innings. And I'll be honest with you, every time I was somewhat motivated uh, to try and dig into what was going on with Ryan Weathers. First off, I was on Tatis watch this week. There's other things going on. And I was like, let's just wait and see how this guy pitches next time at Coors (laughs) Field. Like, I mean, whatever. Uh, I mean, so he he's having trouble finishing guys. He his his command was has been just awful, uh, mm-hmm. and by that we mean not just walks, but uh, missing in the strike zone badly. So we'll we'll see. Uh, they go against uh, Antonio Senzatella, I believe tonight. One of yes. the pitchers they've had some success against. Uh, a guy who has been as good as anyone. Now he got beat up uh, by the Giants in his last start. Uh, Herman Marquez. Uh, they go against uh, tomorrow, but this guy had like a sub two ERA for like twelve starts or something before that Giants game, and he faced the Padres a couple times in there, and it was not good for the Padres. And then they faced Austin Gomber, who before they scored what was it four runs in one inning on August first. I would say that's not good news for the Padres either. But uh, he hasn't, not, yeah, he hasn't been the same yeah. pitcher since he came back from that injury. He didn't look, he didn't look good that day at, at Petco. But again, no way to know that doesn't mean he's not going to be good on Wednesday and he has he has had success against the, the Padres up until that last game. Who's pitching for the other team and how the Padres bats are doing is not the biggest issue. Um who's pitching for the Well Padres? it can be on certain who's pitching certain for nights. the Padres <laughs> is the big issue. Yes. And who's pitching for the Padres after Ryan Wet so we have the Ryan Weathers tonight who has not been good for three starts and he, he certainly has no momentum entering this uh entering this game. Um and then well, tomorrow the night, he can turn it around. But what we're saying is factual about him. So exactly. Ahead. And then we have no idea about tomorrow night. And then Wednesday is Jake Arietta, who was picked up and officially signed this morning. So I assume we'll be joining the Padres later, uh, later today, or I guess at the latest tomorrow in Denver. And tell me about Jake Arietta and. What he is a Cy Young Award winner, although that was several years ago, even longer ago than Blake Snell uh, won won a Cy Young Award. So what what's Jake Arrieta been like? Is there any hope that he's been better than his numbers suggest that he's been? So as of yesterday, um, the the Padres were talking about. First off, they really wanted Jake Arrieta. Um, you're going to bring up maybe Daniel Camarena to start tomorrow. Um, we need to put this signing of Jake Arrieta in perspective. As much as it reminds us of many signings that the Padres have made in off seasons uh, in the past <laughs> where, you know, uh, but it's not the off season. It is a warm body, desperate times, desperate measures. It's a veteran who maybe changes the side of the mound he's pitching on. Maybe he goes back to his changeup versus, you know, some other pitches he's been using this year, whatever, four or five innings, where else were you getting those is basically the right. thing. That, that's all. I don't, I'm don't. i not denigrating Jake Arrieta. I'm telling you the Padres are thrilled to get Jake Arrieta. Not thrilled because, oh, my gosh, this is going to be what puts us over the top, but thrilled because <laughs> veterans love veterans. Relievers love starters <laughs> because right. relievers are pitching right. too much. Um, you know, they, they it's not that they don't they haven't embraced the Daniel Camarenas, the Reese Canaires. Um, they don't you know appreciate them, don't want the best for them, aren't supporting them. 
Veterans want guys who've been there before, right, wrong, or whatever. Jake mm-hmm. Arietta has been there before, and he is going at least four innings when he goes. Uh, this is not anything to be terribly excited over, but it is a move that was needed uh, to get somebody. And, I mean, that's where they're at. This is dire, what is happening with the rotation right now. Well, yeah, I mean, because I'm, I'm looking and you, you basically have Snell and Musgrove and, I don't know, you know, Weathers maybe and and bullpen days, you know, where Stammen starts and goes a couple innings. I mean, I, I certainly don't expect to see Stammen getting – there was talk I know about stretching him out, but, you know, stretching him out to his max at this point would be, oh, my gosh, we got four innings out of him. That you know that would that be fantastic. Really well. <laughs> so, right. So there's still a lot of still a lot of innings to account for. And you know Joe Musgrove did save them on Saturday night, and he was he was terrible uh, early on. But you know they, he basically had to he had to go out there just as Weathers did yeah. a couple days uh, before that. And you know Weathers got through a couple more innings where it was like a, a, a run here and a run there. Musgrove had to do that, and he had to give them innings, and he did. And, uh, you know, it didn't result in a win, but it resulted in having some bodies that were fresher for yesterday's game, which did turn into a win. So Musgrove gets a little bit of an assist, I think. And it allowed um, Eric Hosmer to, to stand up in that clubhouse and go, we all got to be like Joe. That's not what he said, but something like that. I mean, right, um, right. you know, look, Joe Musgrove is giving everything and you can – we can debate the efficacy of clubhouse meetings, but a guy like Joe Musgrove is a guy that you want, man. It's just, wow. It, it is. Uh, I, I wrote in the newsletter today, if you had to bet everything you have on a Padre starter, it would go five innings. And that's a line I've used with a lot of players, including Joe Musgrove in conversations. Like, mm-hmm. hey, Joe, what's the matter with you? Why can't you go longer? Look, if I had to bet my life, you go five innings. That's the, You're the guy I do it on. But, you know, these types of things. And then he goes 39 pitches in the uh, first inning the other night, and I'm like, well, maybe I was wrong. There goes everything I have. He went five innings. Uh, right. so Kevin Acey was right for the first time in 2021. No, one thing I've been saying all along is where are these guys going to find innings? I To fill out the season, I didn't realize that that th- it would be this bad because you didn't know, you know, that you didn't know that like um, one hour after the uh, trade deadline, uh, Chris Paddock was going to be throwing a, a bullpen session and feel a twinge in his oblique right. and they were going to have to right. shut him down. You didn't know you Darvish was going to go on the IL again. Um, so Jay, what, how much does AJ Preller bear responsibility for what's happening? I think we've talked about before. We both accept, Hey, you don't want to give up Robert Hassel for uh Berrios or, or Kyle Gibson or something. Okay, fine. But here you are. Right. And I think I think I made this point last time that if I'm going to be critical of of what Preller did, it's more in the sense of not having anybody at AAA that you could plug in here. And I, I maybe I mean, I don't even know if Reese Kinnear counts as that guy. He doesn't seem to be somebody that you can just bring up and pitch. Somebody tweeted at me yesterday, somebody who's very reasonable, I should add, and said, how is it that they don't have anybody in the system that could start today's game, meaning yesterday, start this game and give them four innings? And I don't have a good answer for that. I mean, maybe Reese Kinnear would have been that guy. Maybe Miguel Diaz could be that guy. But again, four innings doesn't seem like a lot to ask. But right now, they don't seem to have anybody. Maybe it's Daniel Camarena. 
that can come up and, and start and, and go for. But I, I do think that that's an area where we where we could and will and should look back and say, where was the depth at AAA or even AA where you had guys that, you know, come July and August that you could have used to go for for four or five innings? You know, nobody's expecting to call up a guy from El Paso and have him go seven. I mean, most of the guys on the staff don't go seven. But the guy that could go four or five innings, I think that's an area where we can say, okay, what was going on there? And, you know, at this point, you'd have to consider that to be a a mark against, you know, how this roster was built and roster going 30 deep as opposed to 26 deep. Right. Or 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 32 or deep or or whatever it is. Yeah, Yeah. because um, now they've had a lot of things go wrong, but I think some of these with the pitching was, if not predictable, it was uh, more than possible. Uh, you know, be well, a- yeah, because guys are, you know, Morahone. I mean, obviously, it hurt early in the year losing a guy like Morahone. You know, probably expected more from Denelson Lamette than they've gotten. But the legit- still, that's the kind of thing that you, you know, this is how you ended up, and you ended up with not enough depth, I guess. Right. You know, I could go all the way back to the legitimate excitement over Michelle Baez, but we're now sure. talking about March. So, yeah. so that's where, you know, over time here, and AJ Preller thinks about all this stuff, right? I mean, he just, he does. So, you know, maybe one day we'll get the story of, of why in the world was a, a warm body, not somebody, because guess what? You just signed a warm body. Uh, well, and, and, I, and I, ERA. Right. And I think one, and, and I would, I would bet on this, that they were also counting on Mackenzie Gore, that at this point in the season, hey, I think absolutely. we talked, I think we talked early on, that, you know, look, Mackenzie Gore is going to be up this year. It's going to be maybe it's August or whatever. Meanwhile, it's August the 16th, I think, if I'm reading um, my watch correctly. It's August the 16th. The minor league season only has, what, about three weeks, three to four weeks mm-hmm. left in it? Mm-hmm. Where's Mackenzie Gore? You know, Gore, yeah. he's still not pitching in he's still not pitching in games, right? I mean, Preller, and I didn't hear this call yesterday, and – and I know Jeff wrote about this, and I think Preller talked a little bit about that. And he said, oh, he's, he's making progress in Peoria. I forget the exact phrase. Well, if he's making progress, he's been down there for several weeks now, and he's still not in a game in the minor leagues. So how much progress is he really making if you're not putting him out there in the minors? And if he's not in the minors, we're sure not going to see him up here uh, you, anytime uh... soon. And, and look, I'm not putting that on on Gore or anything. It's Obviously, he's got issues that they've been very quiet about, and maybe they don't want to expose him to the minors any longer. But that's another guy that I'm sure they were counting on that hasn't come up. And, I, and I'm not buying that at this point that he's made great progress because if he really made great progress, you'd have him pitching in games. Yes, I think that in recent times, the past week, he has made they, – they're finally believing it. And I, I say that – I can't tell you why, but but I, I just – I really believe it's legitimate – that does not – I'm not arguing with what you just said. That's, mm-hmm. I'm just saying that legitimate progress is a, um, it's a nebulous term. Uh, if, you right. want to hear a, if you want a master class in circular answer that sounded like it said something, go listen to what A.J. Preller said about Mackenzie <laughs> Gore yesterday. Um, so, th- yeah. But your point being that at the beginning of the season – there's five or six guys that they're like, we got all the depth in the world. Well, yeah. that was the beginning of the season. It was not the trade deadline. Um, right. and, and look, I, maybe they tried to get a warm body 
And it still was going to cost them somebody that they said, no, all I know Mm -hmm. about is the guys that were better than warm bodies, but that they didn't think were better than Chris Paddock, Ryan Weathers. Look, and those two guys were on the trade block too. And they were being talked about other teams weren't taking them. The teams that were trading were taking prospects and the Padres had four prospects that everybody wanted and they weren't going to give up. Okay. Awesome. You Mm -hmm. don't make the playoffs this year. That's something you have to answer for. Is, is basically right. my, my assertion. This Hot Lava Padres podcast segment is brought to you by Jack Powell Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram, located in Escondido and serving the San Diego community for over 60 years. Who has the best deals in the auto game? It's got to be Jack Powell Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, the auto all-stars. Right now, lease a new 2021 Ram 1500 Warlock Edition. Jeep Grand Cherokee Laredo or Jeep Renegade Latitude for only $198 a month or 0% APR and no payments for 90 days. Head to Jack Powell Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram in Escondido, San Diego, where we make shopping easy. Find these deals during the Make This the Summer event today. I would agree. The other topic, since we're still on pitching, and I guess there's no reason to get off of it right now, is the Larry Rothschild um, situation where, you know, he's become the latest punching bag on social media and and my emails look, right and your emails and 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 I, I, I'm I'm someone that I mean we've talked about this many times and I've talked about it on here about coaching and everything at the big league level and I'm not sure where how much difference it it makes with certain people and look Darren Ball and I'm not denigrating Darren Balsley in any way whatsoever. Darren Balsley did a very good job here for many many years. I think I read that he when he re, when he uh resigned if, we, if that's what we're calling it that a, a year ago that his teams finished in the top 5 I believe in ERA five times in 16 years. That tells me that there were 11 years that they didn't finish in the top five. I think Larry Rothschild's group, and I haven't looked in the last few days, but when I looked about three days ago, they were sixth in the league and they were one hundredth of a point out of fifth. It was all bunched up in there. So when you look at it like that, has Larry Rothschild really done a bad job? I mean, there's a lot of guys on the staff who are pitching pretty well. Most of them are, are, are in the bullpen. And still it comes down to guys having to perform. And and the, the example I always use is, how many times did the Padres change hitting coaches, you know, in the first 15 years or whatever of the Petco Park era? And how did it work out each time they changed hitting coaches? The only time that they ended up with a good offense was when they got better hitters. And I think that's that's the key is it, it's the players, and Bryce Miller wrote about this some today, eventually, ultimately, it's the players who have to perform. Now, maybe, you know, look, if guys were grumbling about Rothschild or if there was evidence that he was doing a bad job or he didn't know what he's doing, he's been around quite a while. He's had he's had his pitchers have had success. It seems like the problem is more with the guys in in uniform than it is with the guy who wears the brown top and shuffles out to the mound, uh, you know, a couple times a night. So that's that's my stance on it. And my stance is that it's it's legitimate to ask. Um, sure, but if you know the answers are not what you wanted to hear, which is that Larry Rothschild should be tarred and feathered on his way out of town in the middle of August, um, and and that's not good enough for you, then okay, I mean, right, you know, that that's everyone's right. Uh, so, well, you ask the pitchers, what do the pitch, you know, what what do the pitchers say about him? 
All right. So to, to put that in context, pitchers are not going to rip a guy on the record. Um, and look, there's a couple that maybe think, uh, you know, that, that, that haven't responded to him. Now, is that Larry Rothschild or is that those pitchers? Some other right. pitchers would tell me that's those pitchers. Um, mm-hmm. Larry Rothschild is not perfect. Um, but these guys say that uh, he is an excellent um a mechanical guy and not in a tinkering way, but in a, Hey, doing this, they fix it. Oh, wow. Look at that. Uh, that seems like a pretty good big league pitching coach to me. Uh, his scouting reports, they say are, uh, it depends. Some guys have had two pitching coaches. Some guys have had five or 10, uh, but guys say that it's excellent and among the best, if not the best that they've ever had. Um, and Darren Balsley and, uh, and Doug, uh, uh, Doug Bockler were very good at that. So Mm -hmm. that's, pretty high compliment um gosh that doesn't mean he will not be fired there have been (laughs) scapegoats before including not i believe not counting the year that uh the the bud black staff was basically cleared out Mm -hmm. i believe it was like four of the five first or five of uh, aj preller's first six years in charge he changed hitting coaches Um, right it happens. Uh, yeah. He's been very upfront about that. I don't, you know, he's never used the word scapegoat, but he's all, you know, I'm not very good at hiring hitting coaches. I'm <laughs> like jokingly. Uh, right. I think he wasn't very good at hiring hitters more than hitting coaches might have been the, the idea. And then he, he, you know, when you get guys like Tatis and Machado, suddenly, you know, guys look a little better. Look, Balsley guy. There were a lot of guys who responded to Balsley. There were guys who didn't respond to Balsley. I mean, there were some reclamation projects they brought in here. You know, a guy like Andrew Kashner was never, you know, had they had high hopes for a guy. They, his, he stands out. A guy like that never seemed to respond. So that's why I prefer in cases like this to look at players rather than coaches or managers or anything, uh, anything like that. And which isn't to say that coaches and managers couldn't do a better job. But I think you get to this level and it's pretty much you are there to perform. And some guys haven't performed well enough. Is it possible and I look, I'm in awe of Blake Snell's talent. He is he has absolutely fantastic pitches. Is it possible that Kevin Cash knew more than us in the World Series? Is it possible that the Rays knew how to handle Blake Snell and and made the most out of Blake Snell? That could be possible, but I think that you know, it's like a preseason top 25, right? You're right. if you're number 5 in the country, uh you're probably going to stay in the top 25 all year. Mm -hmm. If you lose once or twice, you have to go undefeated. If you were outside anyway, preseason, we thought Blake Snell. Yes. 2018 Cy Young winner. He didn't allow (laughs) a run in spring training um, while he's throwing fastballs and hitters are getting ready. Uh, And, and he's going to be awesome. And he's going to learn how to go seven innings because the Padres are going to, you know, unclip his wings and set him free. Is it possible that expectations were higher than what reality is? And that's what Larry Rothschild's paying for to some extent. That's just a question. Well, it could be. And because the the guy above Larry Rothschild that we talked about before in terms of in being the general manager gave up a lot for Blake Snell. So he had obviously had very high expectations for Snell and maybe, maybe they were too high. Maybe he believed a little too much uh, in what Blake Snell could be, as opposed to looking at what, at what he actually was. And yeah, the Rays are, are a pretty smart organization. Most of the time they did give up Jake Cronenworth, uh, which probably wasn't the best thing they've ever done, but uh, that's a pretty smart group of people there. And, and sometimes you're some, look, 
smart people are right a lot. Smart people also make mistakes. And I don't think there's any question A.J. Crowler is a smart man and a smart baseball man. But maybe he was wrong about this or, you know, I, I don't I don't know. But I, I do think it goes – it's too easy to just say, well, they need to change pitching coaches. And especially when you get to this point uh, in the season, I, I'm not sure that – you know, shaking up the staff or whatever you want to do with six weeks, seven weeks to go in the season is is the right way to, uh, you know, to approach the stretch run of a baseball season. Yeah, and it, like I said, it's possible Larry Rothschild isn't here next year, and that may or may not have to do with Larry Rothschild's ability as a pitching coach. Um, the Yankees decided to go another direction. Um, right. I, I, I believe that Larry Rothschild has very much embraced uh, what what – you know, the way the modern baseball uh, is, but you know, who knows what, what what's going to happen. But anyway, I, I feel well, like it's being very fair about Larry Rothschild. Who has the best deals in the auto game? It's got to be Jack Powell, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, the auto all-stars right now. Lease a new 2021 Ram 1500 Warlock edition. Jeep Grand Cherokee Laredo or Jeep Renegade Latitude for only $198 a month or 0% APR and no payments for 90 days. Head to Jack Powell, Chrysler Dodge, Jeep Ram, and Escondido, San Diego, where we make shopping easy. Find these deals during the Make This the Summer event today. And and now, you know, maybe we should talk about the, the hitting coach coaches after scoring five runs in four games against the Marlins and the Diamondbacks and not getting a single hit in a game against a guy making his first major league start. Now, I did go back and look. I didn't see a lot of that game um, on Saturday night, um, but I did go back and look at some of the outs that were made and some of the exit velocities uh, off the bat. There were there were several hard-hit balls in that game, um, you know, anywhere from 98 to 100 to, I think, Machado hit one at 107, uh, at one point in the game. So the Padres, you know, look, they, you're always going to have to be lucky to pitch a no-hitter. I mean, Joe Musgrove gave up some hard-hit balls in his no-hitter as well. You know, Tyler Gilbert looked like he got his share of, of luck as well. But the bottom line is, guy pitched a no-hitter, and the Padres were awful on offense for four straight games until, you know, breaking out yesterday when, you know, their king came back. <laughs> and now they go to Coors, and we'll see. They're facing a couple of good pitchers uh, up there in a in a big hitting environment, and and you know we'll see uh, we'll see what happens. This has certainly not been a good stretch. We talked about that thirteen game stretch against losing teams, and I think yesterday made them five and five. Am I right? I don't know, Jay. I've lost track, but it's it's not good. <laughs> if they had lost yesterday, if they had lost yesterday. They were going to be eight and eight against both the Diamondbacks and the Rockies this season. Right, right. That's preposterous. I think the uh, Giants have lost twice to the Diamondbacks all season. The Dodgers, I've, I lose track, and you have to keep track of it every day because obviously records change and people around 500 become above 500, below. But basically, put it this way the Dodgers and the Giants are both like 20 something games over 500 against those teams, which more than makes up for the Padres deficit behind those teams. It's, I right. mean, it's, right. it's unbelievable. Uh, it, last I checked, the Padres were eight games over 500. No, no, no. Six games over 500 against losing teams. I don't know what right. it is now, uh, but it's so far away and it will be what we remember if they are to get, you know, go to the wild card and lose or not make the playoffs. 
it right. is what we will remember. Um, I, I saw that Jeff Passan put out something uh, today about the schedule that's remaining, right, which we've all written about and stuff. But mm-hmm. it's getting a lot of play today about how the Reds have an easier schedule than the Padres. And it's like, valid point, valid point. Except the Padres have shown that really doesn't matter this year. Yeah. The bigger issue is the starting pitching. I mean, I, I honestly, I don't, I don't see a path for the Padres to the playoffs, but that's why I cover sports and I love sports because maybe that, you know, they're going to win the wild card by five games. Uh, and, and that would be a great story. But right now, the starting pitching, if, if Blake Snell and Joe Musgrove pitch complete games for the rest of the season, the starting pitching's in a bad way. Right. Right. No, I think that's, I, I think that's true. And, and look, we've, we've written stories and, and talked about it many times about the schedule, you know, what's ahead, what they've been through this whole stretch about, uh, you know, there were 30 or 40 games where they were playing. The A's were the only really good team they were playing and could they take advantage of it? And the, and the answer is obviously no, they couldn't. I mean, there's only three games left uh, in that stretch. I think the Phillies might've been part of it when we first talked about it, but the Phillies have gotten better uh, since, uh, you know, since that point, but, the, this was the chance for the Padres to to take it. If they were going to take advantage of a weak schedule, they had their chance and, you know, they blew it. So now if they're going to make the playoffs, it's going to have to be by beating better teams, you know, by beating good teams. I mean, the, the Giants and the Dodgers are, they play 19 times. Uh, there's three and a half games left against the Braves. So, I, you know, I, I can't remember who else the Phillies, you know, obviously the Phillies for three, but they're going to have to beat some of these teams. Um, and uh, if, if they're going to hold off the Reds. Yeah, and look no further. And look, I think it's a great signing in context. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, to, but but look no further than signing Jake Arrieta. They are yeah. desperate, desperate. Two weeks ago, they would not sign a, or trade for a warm body. Today, they signed a warm body. That's right. where the Padres are at. All right. He was he's due to pitch Wednesday and yep. then off on Thursday. And so we will be back on Friday to talk about the weekend ahead with the Bryce Harper and the Phillies coming to town. Thanks everybody.